Welcome to the Top Nonprofits Podcast, the place where modern nonprofiteers gather to learn from best nonprofit leaders and organizations. Today, we're going to be speaking with our friend Jonathan Fanning of Jonathan Fanning Consulting. And um, I have a question for you. As we're seeing more and more organizations and leaders um, really heading into retirement, I believe the rate, there are 10,000 baby boomers a day hitting retirement age, advise folks to do in order to be prepared for the coming years and the changing workforce. Sure, sure. So, you know, I've long believed that the, the quality of my life and the quality of an organization I'm involved in, uh, the quality of my family's life, a business's life, it hinges on the quality of the questions that the person or the organization pursues. And it's not just a question you ask now and then, it's a question you actually pursue, you actually live. Uh, there are a few that I pursue constantly. I would say days don't go by without me thinking about these two. And the first one is who am I becoming? And the second one mm. is who am I helping people around me to become? And those two questions, I, uh, I let them bother me. I let them affect me. I let them get me out of bed and keep me up late at night. And um, it's absolutely true that today we need to be developing leaders um, maybe more than any time in the, in the recent past. And part of it's because of that retirement. But part of it's also because of the, uh, the climate, the, 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 the competition, uh, the fact that, you know, I can, I can hire people anywhere in the world today to do a job. Uh, and that's changing the way everything works, which requires leadership to deal with it. So those two questions, I would weave them into your days. And um, in terms of, you know, you had, that's a great question you asked. In terms of grooming next generation leaders, a really simple thought I would, I would uh, challenge you to pursue is what does a great leader look like? In, in your field or in your organization and try to get it down to, it's not this simple, but try to get it down to a few character traits and maybe a few skills. Um, most companies that do a phenomenal job at developing leaders, at some point they decide on those things. I'll give you a simple example. I was speaking in uh, San Antonio not long ago and a big conference. I did the opening keynote and the closing speaker ran training and development for Southwest Airlines. And she and I had a great conversation about this. And she said, Southwest years ago decided that a great person in our organization, in Southwest organization, has three traits. They have a servant's heart. They have a warrior spirit, meaning they get things done. And they have a fun-loving attitude, you know, which, which is a sustainable, fun-loving attitude. And they decided on those three things. And as a result, it becomes a lot easier to actually look for, hire for, train and develop for those three things. So in, in the field of mentoring, whether it's mentoring someone else or, or trying to go on this who am I becoming personal journey, picking a few traits is absolutely critical. That's really helpful. Um, and it ties in nicely, as you mentioned, with the, the who am I becoming. Um, if we take that personal assessment and apply it to our organization and what is our organization really about um, would probably be some good guiding question to identify those character traits and skills um, mm -hmm. that define what that what that good leader would look like so thank you for that I think sure. we'll I hope I hope we'll all be applying that um, I know I will um, Jonathan I've heard you talk about emotional intelligence and um, could you just 
share with all of us what what that term means and and really what role it plays in our fundraising work or any other uses. Right, right. Okay. So the easiest way for me to define emotional intelligence is, is four parts. It's awareness and management. So knowing and then actually affecting the emotions that I have and then that other people have. So those four pieces, how aware am I of my own emotional state when it changes? I call the awareness part, both mine and of other people's, I call it the recipes because we all have recipes. When these kind of things are going on, I tend to feel overwhelmed. I tend to feel focused. I tend to feel confident. I tend to feel calm. I tend to feel stressed. I tend to feel out of control. Uh, my recipes are complicated enough. Most people that I meet, they'd rather work on, and I'm, I'm the same, would rather work on someone else's emotional intelligence than their own. You know, and, and when, you, when you look at other people's recipes, oh, there's... It, it becomes a mess, you know, it becomes a mess. Charlie Brown said, uh, I love humanity. It's just really the people that I can't stand. <laughs> and I, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot, very often you're in a room with three, four, five, six, eight, twenty people, and each one has a whole world of emotions going on, like the bottom of an iceberg going on underneath what maybe you notice. You may notice some of them you may read extremely well, and some of them you and I, I we don't read them well. There are people that I read very well that someone else in my world doesn't read that well. So that's, that's the top part. That's the, the awareness of my and other people's emotions. And then the next part is can I actually affect them? And I like to call that the spices or the salt. You know, it's the ingredient or a few ingredients that have a dramatic effect. Do I know those for me? You know, like a simple one for me is if I change the question I'm asking, it can change my emotional state extremely quickly. You know, I, I love this, uh, this, this quote Mother Teresa said that some people come into your life as blessings and other people come into your life as lessons. And I love to just use that little line when I'm having a challenge. Is this moment, is this moment a blessing for me or is this moment just a lesson in being more patient or being more focused or being more disciplined? And it helps me change. I use that as salt. It helps me change my emotional state very quickly. You know, I, I travel a lot and, uh, you know, I landed in Springfield, Illinois, to do a keynote. I landed at about 11 p.m. And a uh, long story, but I'll make it very short. They lost my luggage, you know, and, and had every story you can imagine for why. So at 11.30, I'm trying to figure out where do I get clothing in order to speak the next morning. I normally wear something I can speak to on the, on the plane, but I did not that day. It was one of those rare days where I said, ah, everything's going to go perfectly. And of course it didn't. Mm. You know, mm. So at 11.30, I'm looking in Springfield, Illinois, there are not a lot of stores open mm -hmm. At 11.30 p.m. that have shoes, sure. belts, ties, shirts, jackets, I mean, everything, everything. What a great lesson. I, I, right, I started the next day saying, I, if I couldn't deal with what I'm about to tell you, I probably should not talk on this topic. You know, and, and I, but I, then I added, I said, I don't think I've arrived. You know, really, most people, about 90% of Americans think that they are above average drivers. Mm. And it's the same with emotional intelligence. About 90% of teachers think they're above average at engaging their students emotionally in a topic, in the content, in the course. And it's, you know, we can't be. We can't all be. 90% you know, of us cannot be above average. It can't happen. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it's a journey. It's one of those things where one simple thing you can do to increase your emotional intelligence is go out there and pick one role model. Maybe it's your aunt, a, a grandparent, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's somebody at a local deli or a coffee shop that just, they have a way about them. 
and watch them and then pick their brain if you can. You know, and I pick mm-hmm. the brains of people throughout history. Ray Kroc built McDonald's. I had the chance to speak for McDonald's not long ago. And Ray Kroc in the building of McDonald's where he would get four hours of sleep every night, and that's it. And he said, I had, I had to be able to get the stuff on my in my head kind of calmed down so I can get four hours of real rest. So he said he started to just imagine as he was trying to go to sleep, he started to imagine that all the stuff he had going on, he had to figure out, he was working on, trying to solve, it was all written down on a blackboard, and he was writing it. He saw his hand in his mind writing it. And then he took it and he, he erased it all. He said, I'm, we'll come back to all that tomorrow, and he erased it all. And he just used that little, like, imagining technique to say, hey, that stuff will be there tomorrow. We'll write it back on the blackboard tomorrow. And he said, I, I got four hours. I got four good hours of sleep every night from doing that little little technique. Just curious, um, how would you, or do you have an example of how the entrepreneurship model would, could be applied in a more traditional, old-fashioned nonprofit, um, because often we're seeing that some of those folks are c- having to compete with um, more entrepreneurial types of organizations. So, sure, sure. in any case, okay, thanks. Absolutely, and it's, that's true across the board. And um, you know, your world is changing. Very often, worlds change or industries change, and we don't see it until it's happened. And then all of a sudden, say, "Wow, wait a second. I had a chance to spend time with a big university on the East Coast not long ago talking about education, higher-level education, going, you know, 50 years, 100 years into the future. And, you know, we had to do this thought exercise of, I mean, can you imagine if kids getting out of high school don't think there's any reason to go and live on a college campus? And, and the, the faculty, staff, the, the president, of the college, they, they, they struggled with that thought. And, uh, you know, it, it may, that day may come <laughs> when kids get yeah. out of school and say, well, why should I go? I mean, that's a lot to pay for all those buildings. It's a really kind of a crazy thought. Um, mm. So in the world of innovation, bringing it into your field, a few things I would highly recommend. Imagine that there's a scale, zero to ten. Right, and on the zero side, that says do everything exactly the way you've been doing it all along. Ten says completely flip it over. You know, early in my career, I had the chance to supply Toyota directly, and they would say, you know, hmm. Kaizen is like little improvements and little tweaks and little changes and innovations and little creativity, and they call it Kaikeku. Kaikeku is when you say, let's pretend we've never done this before, and let's start with a brand new approach, and we'll call it version 1.0, assuming that. 1.0 is going to be bad, 2.0 is going to be bad, 3.0 is probably going to be bad, probably not until version 10 or 12 or 15, maybe 3 or 4, but more likely 10, 12, 15, 30. That, that, that's when we start getting good. And um, mm. what I would challenge you to do is look at maybe 10, 20, 30 things you do. Maybe one of them is building new relationships. And maybe you keep that one in the do it the way you've always done it. But maybe nurturing existing relationships or maybe setting goals or maybe the short term, maybe it's the once a year big fundraiser that you do. Maybe you put that in the Kaizen. Maybe you put that in the innovator, create, change the questions you're pursuing slightly. You know, a simple example is change the goal you have in a way that you've never said it before. And, and very often creativity is sparked by saying, you know, let's not get this done this year. Let's see if we can generate as an example, a million dollars in one day or, you know, $10,000 mm-hmm. on one weekend. 
what mm-hmm. kind of things would we have to do to generate that? Dude, let's say we had to take that, generate that $10,000, let's say, I, I don't know the scale of all of your organizations involved, but we had to create that, and we had to do it in one day with only people who have never heard of us before or with only people who have always donated from us or from only connections to those. Um, one of the points I want to make with this is innovation very often hinges on the kinds of questions we ask and can we change them enough so all of a sudden they open the doors to things. I asked the question that, you know, I've been in business for myself for a long time, um, mm-hmm. started an entrepreneur camp about uh, six years ago, and then one question we'd always ask with the entrepreneur camp is how can we get other people to market for us so we pay nothing to market what we do? You know, and it's actually extremely simple. And then we started changing the question. We said, how, do we, how can we get paid to market what we do instead of paying to market it? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, very often, look at that scale again of zero to ten. Come up with some questions that put you at one or two or three on the creativity index, and then yeah. a few questions that put you all the way over on the ten, all the way over on the ten. With, with the entrepreneur camp, we said, how can we serve a thousand kids every summer? You know, and, and it's a very different question. And, and we asked the question of right. how can we give them something in a 20-minute little exercise or a 60-minute exercise that they will never forget. In their- Thank you, Jonathan, for this interview and for your really helpful advice when it comes to emotional intelligence and helping us to really groom leaders for our organizations. If you're interested in hearing more from Jonathan, please join us at the AFP New Jersey Chapter's 36th Annual Conference on Philanthropy that will be held in Bridgewater on November 10th. And that's Bridgewater, New Jersey and AFP New Jersey Chapter. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Please come back again and have a great day, everyone. That's it for today. See you soon. In the meantime, check out all of the other great resources we offer at topnonprofits.com. 